Welcome to another episode of Problem Busters with myself, Jonathan, and the Honourable Ollie. How are you? Good, my friend. And you? Um, very well, thank you. Fall it's... is coming. Yes. And the leaves are falling. And uh, seeing as we're speaking to someone across the ocean, um, interesting fact, mm-hmm. fall used to be what Europeans called autumn, and then <sighs> Europe moved on to calling it autumn. That's Ooh. a fact. Ah. <laughs> Interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> we need a we need a, a fact noise. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But we are uh joined by a wonderful guest who will brighten up our day today. We, who are do we have Oli. So Christy Barker. Christy is a physiotherapist from Regina, Saskatchewan, Canada. Did I get that right? You sure did. Good job. Excellent. She specializes <laughs> in rehabilitation and injury recovery. Thank you for joining us, Christy. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And also, well done fitting a honeymoon and a wedding in in this climate. I think that's an achievement in organizing. And honestly, it was a shock to us as well um, after having to postpone it with COVID. So we got really um, lucky, I felt like. I think you definitely did. Yeah. Um, my partner and I postponed ours and we were like, let's just give it another year. Let's just give it another year. And here we are. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. <laughs> So what we normally do is we just start off with a bit about you and uh, a bit about where you're from and feel free to center the listeners on the map as to where Regina is. I am from Canada and I'm in Regina, Saskatchewan. So if you think, if you look at the map, we're kind of central and west of Canada. Um, And yeah, a little bit about myself. So I've been a physical therapist for about five years now. And um, what got me into physical therapy is, A, I'm a klutz, (laughs) and B, I was really into volleyball um, when I was younger, and I had some injuries. And from a very young age, I just kind of knew that this was the direction that I wanted to go. Um, In terms of reach rehab, where that all came about is when, well, prior to COVID, I went on a trip to Uganda to help distribute wheelchairs. And it was a big aha moment for me when I realized how impactful education could be. So my favorite story and, um, again, aha moment is there was a mother and she brought her three-year-old son and they were hoping to fit him for a wheelchair. And after assessing him, I realized that he didn't have um, a disability. He just was very weak because she had been carrying him uh, and never gave him the opportunity to crawl and to develop those muscles against gravity. So after only 20 minutes, 30 minutes of of just educating her, we were able to almost, well, avoid putting him in a wheelchair. And to me, it was just so mind-blowing because had we not just spent that time educating, like someone could have easily put him in a wheelchair and just he would have continued to get weaker and need a wheelchair for the rest of his life. And I remember this just really impacting me and trying to figure out, okay, how can I be impactful in this way? How can we use education to help impact at a bigger scale? And then COVID came. And as most of us know, um, a lot of uh, people are stuck at home, lack of access to healthcare, aka physical therapy. 
And uh, as you mentioned earlier, your um, was it your cousin that you said is a physical therapist? That's right, Angela. Yeah. So people, my family members reached out to me asking for help. I have back pain now. What do I do? And and then it dawned on me, I'm going to put this up on Instagram because everyone seems to be needing this and it took off. Um, well, ish. <laughs> and um, I haven't looked back since. And it's been such a, an amazing experience. I didn't, I honestly had no plans to keep doing it, um, but it's become such a passion and such an amazing way to educate hundreds, well, th thousands of people at once. So that's really what is my motivator is to give back and to help others. And so, yeah, so that's what Reach Rehab is or reach.rehab on Instagram. Awesome. How it came about. Thank you. So first of all, for those who don't know, what is Instagram? So Instagram is a platform. It's social media. And that's where you can connect with like-minded individuals or you can search up videos um, that you like. Um, you may have heard of like more of updated version is TikTok, but Instagram is a bit more, I would say, for connecting with a community. Hmm. Well, that would be the way I describe it. Yeah, I've <laughs> never been asked that question. <laughs> well, we've started, we've started to assume that we perhaps are assuming, right, Jonathan? Yes. <laughs> so we try yes. to define things for folks. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's awesome. So when I, oh, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say that my so reach.rehab on Instagram is mostly videos of me describing rehab exercises or educating how you can get pain free or prevent injuries. So maybe that oh. explains it a bit better. Oh, yeah. Um, because when we speak about physio, um, it, I think it's a phrase thrown around in everyday life. Um, like you hear just by past people, oh, I need to go to the physio, or oh, you need to go to a physio, or you know, um, <laughs> I you didn't know do my physios? exercises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so when you really get down to it, what would what would you say physiotherapy actually is, and and how would you say it helps people? So, I like to. I like to describe it in terms of what people already know. And a, and a lot of people kind of know what a massage therapist is and what a chiropractor is. So I would say if you just in general, chiropractor, if you think of them, our first thought, train of thought is manipulation and cracking and, and joints. And then on the other hand, on the left side of the scale, we have massage therapy. So we have where they work mostly with muscles. So I kind of put, I class physical therapists as um, a combination of those two. So we... Uh, look at the muscles and the joints, how they work together. And I would say we are the doctors of movement. So overall, I would say we ensure that you are moving properly and optimally to get you pain-free and functioning at your best. So I guess another way to look at it is because before, when I applied into physical therapy, my idea of it was just sports. Like I would say most people think, um, it's very sport related, but the amazing thing is there's actually so many different regions of physical therapists. So for example, we can work with babies, um, making sure that they're growing and developing those, those muscles. Uh, we can work with in the hospital. Um, we can work with people post heart surgery. We can work with people, um, in a private practice setting, which is what I do. And that's just, let's say someone had a car accident and then they can come see me or we could work with athletes on a sports team. So 
the, the amazing thing is that there's so many different areas um, or the jaw, you know, but that's my goal is to make sure that we're educating people. Hey, you can, you can get help for that. And I think that that's still a big part of the equation, unfortunately, is we don't know what physical therapists all do. Yeah. 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 And, and I think, I, I think I know the answer to this, but in terms of what drew you, you've kind of talked a bit about your why. Um, but the thing that really gets, gets me excited about physio is that it's an emerging area of science right? Yes. It's not, it's not unproven. It's not untested. It's yes. probably becoming very mainstream. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely would agree. There's a lot of therapists that are even involved with their own research. Um, but absolutely, it's very research based. We go off of um, multiple studies and like the master's program. So the education that I went through, I went through a four year undergrad, and then a two year master's program. So it actually came out to be about six and a half years. And so in the States, though, it's uh, so here in Canada, it's a master's program. But in the States, it's a, called a doctorate. Um, so there are doctors of physical therapy. So it is very, very um, evidence based. Wow. And 6.5 years is pretty much a medical degree in yeah. some countries. right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is. Um, my first introduction to, to sort of um, physiotherapy is, we had, um, I studied, well, back in college, um, we did, in, I did industrial science. Okay. And part of that module, we used to sit in with a lot of the sports scientists as well. And they were doing a lot of physio stuff and, and, and things like that. So it really is quite scientific, which is, a, <clears throat> which, you know, on the surface, a lot of people don't actually see that. But it really is. It really is quite technical as yes. well. Yes. Yeah. And um, I had a pretty bad back. <laughs> a physio oh, no. helped me. Yeah, one of my friends, he's a, he's a physio. And he, he um, just showed me a few things to do. And it just helped with my movement. And um, and I'm a lot more agile now. So I, I, don't, I, um, I don't go one week without stretching or a couple of days without stretching. It's so useful. <laughs> That's amazing. Actually, yeah. maybe you guys would like uh, the phrase I, I was talking about with another physical therapist. He said, I, uh, now I'm going to botch it, but... What I really liked about it is he said, well, if for health, teeth health, right? So going to the dentist, mm. it's just ingrained in us as a child that we should be brushing our teeth daily. So why hasn't this been ingrained in us that we need to mo like mo do mobility daily and strengthening daily for our body? Oh. You know? Yeah. So that's something that stood with me that this needs to be something that is um, ingrained in us at a, at a young age that we need to be doing that daily so that we can prevent injuries. And like you said, it got you your back being free now. Yeah. I wonder if there's also a bit of a movement towards physio because ultimately we had to get to a stage where we were all taking too many pills and we realized that it wasn't just the pills that were going to help. And I'm not saying that pills don't have purposes. They definitely do but they are not the solution in themselves for most people, right? So absolutely. do you do you get that impression from people that you talk to who might I be do, on pain meds and so forth? I do get that impression. I think the, for the majority of people that are on pain medication, they don't want to be on them, or, or at least by the time I see them, they want to go off of them. And my favorite phrase is that movement is medicine. It's free medicine, right? It, if it's also a pain reliever, and a preventer of this, um, let's say, this injury or pain continuing on, then why wouldn't we look for the long-term result? Yeah, and that's empowering for people. Do you get that impression from people as well when they come and see you kind of expecting 
they're going to have to do this very regularly and then a bit surprised that they end up with a series of of things that they could do themselves to keep themselves healthy. I see a bit of everything. Um, honestly, I have seen some people who think it'll be a quick fix and I see some people who are uh, committed to, to months of work. Um, what I have seen more trending lately is that prevention aspect, which I'm really, really excited to see um, is people coming in. And I think a lot of people still don't know that that is a reason to come into physio is you don't need to have an injury to see a physical therapist. You can come and see a physical therapist and, and make sure that you are moving right or that you um, can prevent future injuries. So for example, for those that are working from home, well, we know that you're sitting all day. What can we do and, and give you daily exercises to prevent you from getting tight hip flexors and, and the rest is kind of like that. That's, that's what the trend I've been seeing and, and I'm really excited that that's coming out. Awesome. And I guess that plays into the whole sort of dentist view as well, where you'd go to the dentist regularly, even if uh, just for your regular checkup. So you can go yes. to your physio for for your physio checkup. I think that's absolutely that's, that's really neat. That's really neat. Yes. And so we thought we would focus today on because there's there's almost as many topics as there are people. Right. Um, but <laughs> but we thought we would focus on something that's been very um, relevant to all of us during the pandemic, and that is working from home and staying healthy when you're working from home. So maybe if we just dive into that for a moment, Absolutely. How, how have you seen lockdown affect people? Um, what, a, what kind of common complaints are you getting from clients as a result of working from home? Oh, absolutely. An increase in neck pain, shoulder pain, back pain, um, tennis elbow, golfer's elbow. Um, yeah, a lot of the like kind of hip, well, hip as well. Yep. Honestly, it's, it could, it's the whole body. It, it can really impact the whole body because if we are stuck, it's more of the static posture that we're in for prolonged periods. And then that's where we get these, um, the relationship of lengthened versus shortened muscles and, and these, uh, these weak, this weakness coming up. But I would say, a big majority of that is neck and shoulder and back. Right, right. And I've definitely felt that. And I don't know about you, Jonathan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I think my neck, um, I think my, yeah, my neck and my, funny enough, my ribs, actually, at some point, ah. it was because I was slouching over. My posture was, was poor. So, um, you know. Uh, thanks to the thanks to the the wonderful NHS and the and the lovely people that work in the NHS. The previously, um, I've seen a change. So as you were saying, like over the years, um, physio has been more sort of focused on, especially in the in the sort of medical field as well. Because mm -hmm. previously, I was um, when I had my lower back pain, I was I was um, prescribed like naproxen. Um, okay. yeah. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't really take it cause I, I heard a, a few things. So I went to see my friend who's a physio and he was like, oh, okay, do these things. And it, and it helped it. I was like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> and then this time I went to the, to the same doctor and I was like, oh, you know, I'm getting this. And he's like, all right, so what do you do? I was, I was like, oh, I work in software in, um, in IT. You sit down all day. Yeah. <laughs> how, how active are you? Ask me a range of questions. And instead of prescribing me anything, he literally prescribed me with a physio. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah, Love so that. Um, I went to the physio, and 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 the stretches also helped with that. But um, 
yeah, the neck pain, the shoulder pain, these are all things. And you, you get these weird habits where you're lopsided. So if I lean on the on the desk with my left arm all day, you don't notice you're doing that for months and months and months. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How that so, can impact you with, with that prolonged posture. Mm, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely, definitely uh, felt some of that during <laughs> during lockdown. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that the doctor uh, was referring to physio because I think for the most part that we that that is common but I still find that I have patients come in on their own um and even like let's say post surgery where it's almost imperative mm. to see a physio that they weren't referred um but so again that's I think that's where I hope the growth of our practice continues is knowing when to refer and for what oh. so that just that sorry Jonathan that just makes me think of one one uh, area that you could clear up what is the difference between physiotherapist and occupational therapist because we often talk about OTs and officers at least in the in England yes so occupational therapists are think of more of your like activities of daily living so if you have to uh, get in and out of the tub or if you have to um, use a desk at work every day so that's something that the occupational therapist can assess and make sure that uh, that let's say uh, I had a 75 year old that couldn't get in and out of the tub so they would go to their home and they can make sure that they can do that and safely um and then let's say they can fit you for wheelchairs um so it's more think of like uh exercises specific to activities of daily living um versus a physical therapist i guess how i explained it uh before is more the um it's yeah it's kind of I guess like we, we, there is kind of a mesh because like a, a physical therapist could also focus in on the activities of daily living. But if that's um, the OT specialty is to work with someone uh, post-stroke and they can't use their hand properly, then we would send them to OT because they'll, they'll have more of those specific exercises for that. Hope, hopefully, I, I kind of ranted there. Hopefully that kind of makes sense though. It totally does and we love a rant. so um other than the sort of sedentary lifestyle um in terms of sort of what lockdown has brought upon us (laughs) um are there any other sort of big causes of of body discomfort that you see in in um in in your patients um i would say imbalance well imbalances and asymmetries are common but it's kind of like it's how we move think of how we move and then um and then so remember how i said with the static posture Mm. so okay how often we're moving and how we move so another common thing i see is like someone such as yourself if you're sitting at a desk all day but then they want to go and get active so then they go to the gym and they do a high really aggressive workout so we're we're going from sitting from all day to an extreme kind of shift and uh and those muscles are kind of already weak and tight from being in that posture so i would say kind of our activity levels so we're trying to um push ourselves maybe too hard like most common people that i see are i always say let's say they're either not doing enough um or they're doing too much so uh-huh. a lot of it can be finding that balance uh for your body I guess if that would make sense. 
yeah, it does. It, yeah. <laughs> it really does. Um, because yeah. you can't go from, well, really sitting down all day and then for months and then be like, you know what, I'm going to hit the gym, put the plates on, let me do some squats. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. doesn't usually end too well. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. And so in- some of it could be in proper form as well. So let's say someone did want to get active uh, and goes to the gym and then, like you said, puts the plates on but then they're uh, deadlifting either too heavy or improperly. Um, mm. And then that's something we can kind of help guide them through as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the, the, the asymmetry aspect of that, is that sort of if somebody sort of favors uh, a leg or an arm more when they're, when they're either walking or, do, or doing an exercise or? Yeah, so I would say I want to be careful how I explain this because mm. asymmetries are common and I think a lot of times people get fearful when they see them. So if you're, for example, reaching behind your back, right? So yeah. one arm goes further than the other. Um, that uh. That's very normal. Uh, but when it becomes a problem is when we get pain. Um, and it, I would say it's more so like the repetition. So for example, if I'm always um, mousing with my right arm or with my right hand, um, and then that's, it can lead to pain and things like that. If that makes sense, I would say it's more, if it, I wouldn't target it. Like, obviously if someone came in and wanted to prevent injuries and we saw that asymmetry, we would try to improve it. But if it's not giving them pain, then I, like, it's quite common to have asymmetry. So I don't want, if anyone out there has asymmetries, like, don't be fearful of that. It, it's common. But what we want to make sure of is that you can still move optimally and do that you're not uh, getting pain yeah. because of that. Yeah. And, and I, I had a, um, my family have experienced quite a lot of carpal tunnel or RSI or US or, or, you know, fire up the back of your hand when you're using the mouse if you wanted to, to be practical about it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so quite early on, I found that, and Jonathan, I'm just going to show my age just for a moment. Um, <laughs> when I had a summer job and I was counting checks, with a calculator to make sure they added up at the end of the day for some accounts people. Um, I found that at the end of the day, I was like, ooh, the hand's a bit stiff. Then I went into an office job, started using a mouse, started doing uh, kind of computer graphic design for marketing and that sort of stuff. And and I realized I I can't keep using this hand. So I switched to my left um, and I'm generally left-handed. And ah. that worked pretty well until the advent of the touchpad, which is both amazing <laughs> and destructive. <laughs> and uh, and so I've actually ended up with a um, with a penguin ambidextrous mouse, and ah. and I can just switch it from hand to hand, and it kind of looks like a joystick from the nineties, which cool. I also kind of like because it makes me feel like a fighter pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you said though about switching, right? So I think that's kind of where we get lost a bit is is that oh we have to sit exactly like this or we have to do exactly this but really it's more that prolonged uh posture so the fact that you are switching side to side like you that's that's great like that's exactly what we want is so that you're giving that left arm a break while you're using your right arm and vice versa yeah okay now that makes sense right because um we're overusing ourselves on one side and not balancing it out, right? Yeah. Um, do you know something that, that I was thinking about in the last couple of days is how much how much physio parallels yoga to me. Um, ah. And so you take like the press up 
and I'm fairly sure that people were doing salute to sun, which in- involves a kind of a, a controlled press up, two thousand years ago, and and we've isolated that part as good for this particular thing, and we've drawn it out, and now we've backed it up with science. But I, mm. I the thing that I really like about yoga is that you could do one set of movements your entire ninety year old life, and would continually be taking an um, advice, instruction, and adjustment. Um, so it's 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 all about how you do it and balancing the yin and the yang, left and right, yes. which which is so similar to what you've been describing, right? And an ethos. Yes. And I think honestly, with whether it's yoga or weightlifting or golf, it's honestly the underlying theme that connects all these therapies. So whether it be occupational physiotherapy, chiropractor, massage, is movement. I feel like that that is the key is like I said, movement is medicine. And the more that like again, think of way back when when humans were first walking around with the dinosaurs. <laughs> um, but we are built to be movers, right? Hunter gatherers. We are not built to or at least we weren't uh, built to sit all day. And our bodies talk to us and they tell they let us know, right? If okay, I've been sitting for five hours. This hurts. So I actually look at pain in a in a good way. I mean, not everyone would agree with me, but as a physio, pain is good because it tells us what our body can and can't handle. That's a really interesting thought because then it's a red flashing light, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I loved your comparison to yoga because, I mean, again, it's just we're getting the body moving. And and uh, it's funny. I just went to yoga last night and it's – um. It's, it's so great and for your mental health as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and yep. as I started to meet Olympic lifters or people that just lift, um, one of the things that really grabbed me that I never expected was people talking about how meditative it can be to lift up really heavy pieces of iron and sweat Ooh. over it. I yeah. never expected that, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does Jonathan do that? <laughs> Not not often. <laughs> oh oh oh! I thought maybe yeah. he, he was referring. No, to, I do. Yeah. yeah, no, I do. I do. I do lift. I prefer. That's my. That's my preferred method of uh, of of exercise is, is lifting and rowing. And, oh, excellent! Yeah, and a bit of yoga. I used to um, jog, but I think uh, my joints were saying no. So <laughs> you were li- you were listening to your body. Yeah, <laughs> I was. You know. Um, so yeah, I was. I was. Uh, it was it was a bit uh, my knees and and my joints was I was just thinking this is not right and uh, <laughs> maybe let me try cycling for a bit I was like oh okay and then um, I just got into rowing because because uh, I don't know why it's just it's just really really good um, and oh mm-hmm. go ahead um, oh. you go <laughs> sorry oh sorry <laughs> we're so close yeah. together but there's yeah. still a light delay because we're thousands <laughs> of miles apart exactly exactly now i'm currently nursing a a shoulder injury from the old lifting and i'm I'm a victim of uh not doing things for a while and then uh mm. doing doing a bit of weights so i'm nursing i'm nursing one of those so uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's the tricky part is finding that balance right mm, yeah but i definitely. would say what made me think um, of this next point of what you were saying is again, if if anyone is like out there listening and and you think about okay, what is my how do I move the most or what do I do throughout my day? So for example, you would say that you are at a desk job, right? And then sometimes yep. you go and you weightlift. 
So honestly, it's just good to like visualize it this way and think about, okay, so I'm getting the strengthening component. And then what about mobility? But you did mention the yoga. So that that's a great way to look at it is that again, that balance, right? So balance between um, the mobility and the stability. And that's, again, kind of a reason I do end up seeing people is because, I mean, it's great, they love to move. But again, let's say I do have a marathon runner, and they they put on miles and miles of running, right? So then we need to work at, okay, now we need to strengthen, right? Do you see what I'm saying is, it's all about the bigger picture is the balance between how you move. So again, if we have just someone that's doing CrossFit, and just hard, hard strengthening, then they're missing that mobility, right? So and that's where yeah. we that's where we can try to prevent injuries is finding that balance. And what is CrossFit? Ah, okay. Yes, this is going to be good. <laughs> um, <laughs> CrossFit is uh, think of if like weightlifting or powerlifting, and maybe I have to be careful how I explain this, but I tried it a few years ago, and it consists of kind of timed exercises. So you will have to do, let's say um, power clean. So maybe I would do 20 power cleans and I could time myself. But I, again, I kind of think of it as more so of a community. Um, you don't necessarily have to compete, but there are gyms where you can, you can go and you can do your, uh, power lifts. You could do your deadlifts. Um, but I would say it's kind of more, uh, high intensity based exercise uh, with within a, com- a community, but oh. I don't know. That's yeah, a it's, it's that's like an excellent a, summary. Yeah, because I, I always see because they have games as well, right? So like yes. Olympic games, but they have like CrossFit games. So it's kind of like competitive um, circuit training when it gets to that level. Yeah. I think. Yeah, with yeah weighted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's if you if you do get a chance actually on YouTube if you do watch some of the CrossFit games it is quite uh it's it's intense. <laughs> They're yeah. amazing athletes, yeah, right? They are. They are. And do you know but the definitely, thing? That, oh, go sorry, ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say the thing that grabs me about CrossFit, and it's not for me, right? Like for me, it's yoga, walking, and swimming, but that's okay. Um, for those that love it, um, it all comes down to the quality of the instructor at that particular gym for each modality, right? Yes. Mm. Absolutely. And again, uh, kind of like what physios do, right, is we want to make sure that you are moving optimally. So that's another thing you could ask your physical therapist is, I'm, I'm a CrossFitter, I don't know if I'm, my form is good. Uh, because it, it is like, a lot, there's sometimes a lot of, like CrossFit gets some heat uh, for um, injuries, but I, I wouldn't say that that's always the case. Like I have a lot of CrossFitters that um, are moving well and that they build their strength into that tolerance but i agree with you i think it's important that if you're new to it you uh are either going through it with your physical therapist or the instructor at the gym and making sure your technique is good but which honestly your technique if you want to do well with your times your technique would have to be good so you would hope that they would want to implement that yeah yeah if we apply that to my daily sport of being at a desk (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, what do you think of standing desks? Ooh, I love this question. Um, so some recent reports came out and it was stated that the sit-to-stand desks is are helpful if you are actually changing those postures um, every hour. But what I try to recommend is every half an hour even. Wow. Um, pardon? Wow. Yeah. 
So it's, the thing is, is like, well, if you think about it, I could get a sit to stand desk, but if I still just sit here for, for five hours, isn't it doing what I was doing with my prior desk? Totally right? is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It makes so sense. Sit, yeah. So again, <laughs> it's all about trying to move as frequent as possible. So when people do get access to a sit to stand desk, which I highly recommend, um, I just recommend they have a little timer whether that be preset on their phone or preset on their watch or everyone's got so many ways to do it uh, these days, but I would say 30 minutes, but if, if that's too distracting an hour um, and then you will receive uh, the benefits of, of getting a sit to stand desk. That's awesome. And maybe a little recording of your awesome Canadian accent saying, good job. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Or do I have an accent? That's the question. <laughs> I do. I was thinking of that when we first uh, chatted this morning and about your accents that I was jealous because I, I, I just love your guys' accents a lot more than, <laughs> than mine. That's amazing, right? Um, yeah. For 25% for of people that listen will think you sound normal and we sound awesome. And 75% <laughs> will be the other way, according to stats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So, okay, so if you, and I know this is, maybe it's just a case of which one comes to mind first, but for folks that have a sit-down desk um, that use a mouse and work on a computer, if you mm -hmm. could have them do one strengthening ex exercise or be aware of one element, where mm -hmm. would you start them if they hadn't come to you with a particular pain? So just being straightforward, there's there's never one fix with one exercise, just to clarify that. Um, so. Um, I might do give you two things. So then I would say the number one takeaway is honestly just as kind of what I've been reiterating this uh, podcast is that to just get moving. So, so if I am sitting and, uh, and in 30 minutes, then I'll stand. If I, I don't know if people have these opportunities at home or if I stand, then go lay down. If you're laying down, you know, do you know what I mean? So I feel like we already hit that one pretty hard, but if, that would be if I had one advice that that will honestly be the biggest impact on your pain if you work from home is just doing, which is the hardest thing, right, is to, is to remind yourself to get up and just change your posture. But a, a good mm -hmm. strengthening one, maybe I'll pair it with a mobility one too, if that's all right. But so is you again, so let's say you have been sitting, then I'm going to put you, I'm going to get you up and standing, right? Because like I just said, I want you out of that seated position. So um, I would get them to go into standing. And one of my favorite ones is just like a good chest opener. So for example, I just like to have people, you don't pull on your head necessarily, but you just kind of gently rest your hands uh, on your head, kind of behind your ears. And then you just slowly fold forward um, and you're curling at your neck and then your upper back to your mid back. And then you can add breath work into that as well. So on the exhale, we can open up. We're going to draw a line with our elbows up to the ceiling. And we're going to open up through our chest up towards the ceiling if possible. Again, it's not forceful. It's just getting those joints moving. And then you do, you do that and you repeat 10 to 12 times. So again, I would draw my chin in. I'm doing it right now, so hopefully the volume isn't bad. Um, but you draw your chin in. You let those elbows come in and you curl at your back again. And then you draw, you switch and you draw, open up the chest towards the ceiling. So you can do that in standing. 
Um, in terms of a strengthening one, I love getting people into four point. So for those of you that don't know what four point is, it just means when you're on your hands and on your knees. If you can't uh, kneel because of knee pain, then you can always just use the side of a kitchen counter. Um, but because a lot of people that are sitting have neck and shoulder pain, this one is great. Uh, it's I call it like scapular push-up. So for example, if I'm on my hands and on my knees, you want to think about pressing your palms into the floor, but meanwhile, keeping your elbows straight. And then you try to push your shoulder blades away from the floor and you can curl through that upper back if you want. And then you're going to sink back down towards the ground. Um, so it's essentially like a straight elbow push up and you're getting the movement all through your shoulder blades. Hopefully that makes sense. Or push-up plus, it's also known as. It totally makes sense. And it, I was just does. smiling because it, I did yeah. the first one and I could feel all the muscles that I used in yoga yesterday. <laughs> and I thought, this is awesome. And then I remembered another thing that's really awesome about physio is that there's always a discussion about how many times to do it. Uh, and that's that's got to be mm. the key, right? Because otherwise yes. I would do two and I would say, Christy, I'm done, right? Yes, you are correct. <laughs> I would say that's the hard thing too about like online is everyone always wants to know but really, like how many you do and sets and reps and duration, it will highly depend just on each individual's goals. So commonly, I'll find that I don't write um, sets and reps and duration on my post, but people will ask. Um, and then I'll kind of I can give like a general, uh, general one. But honestly, it really depends what we're trying to do. If we're trying in terms of what you asked me, though, I would say a solid uh, even even starting off at one set, but I prefer two to three sets of 15 repetitions. And about, about that time, you could sit back down. If you would have done three sets of 10 of those push-up plus, and then you go back and forth between that chest opener, that should be about three to five minutes. And then you could go back and sit down at your desk. Um, and yeah, it, it's as easy as that. And you know, my first thought is, that's a lot. And then my second thought is, I'll need a lie down. And my third thought is, maybe I'm not that fit. And maybe this is something I should be doing. And my fourth yeah. thought is, but that's kind of the point, because it gets me moving for three to five minutes. And that's yes. exactly what you're saying, right? Mix it up. But hearing you say that, then you again, knowing the individual and knowing your goal. So if you're not ready to commit to three to five minutes, then I would just be, say, you know what, just get up and you're going to just do 15 repetitions of each one of those and it'll be one minute. And it's just about creating those habits, right? Giving you a reason to get up out of your desk. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, would I love the five minutes? Yes. Would I love an hour? Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and and maybe that's another interesting thing about lockdown is that, that – uh, I was saying to my partner, Hannah, the other day, you know, oh, I've got to have my walk. I've got to have my walk after work. And then I thought I never used to do that before lockdown, right? Ah, but now yeah. my day is not complete without a walk. And for some people, it's playing tennis. And for Jonathan, it's running a couple of miles every morning. Right, buddy? Wow. Well, no. Sorry, <laughs> 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 oh, under the bus you, you go. You know, yeah. No, I, I bought a, I bought a rowing machine, so I row. Um, at first, I was I was doing it pretty intense, and and um, then I uh, I was watching a um a podcast, and there was a guy on there, and he was saying about you know don't always max out this and that, and he was I think he was a physiotherapist, 
Um, I oh. hope he is because he works with a lot of um, athletes. <laughs> um, and his philosophy was, was you know, you don't need to max out every time you do a set. You should only max out when you, if you're um, looking to sort of get a new benchmark. So yes. if you can do 10 push-ups every day, you're better off doing 10 push-ups every day than maybe maxing out at 20 um twice twice a week or three times a week because at the end of it you've done 70 push-ups where if you've maxed out three times you've only done 60 and that yes. adds up that adds up over over years so I was like oh that is quite interesting so yes. uh, now I've loaded the setting on my own machine Yay, <laughs> I've loaded job. yeah I've lowered the uh, the duration as well um so instead of doing so now I do roughly like maybe 500 uh, half a kilometer um, every well, I do that in the evening mostly, and in the mornings wow. I, I tend to stretch and I walk my kids to school. So that's my that's my little exercise. Wow! Um, but I try, I try. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, lie to our audience and say that I've been consistently doing the the um, 500 meters every day. Um, <laughs> but uh, I try and do it as much. I think for me, the mobility is what's key. So that exercise mm. you were describing with the sort of the press up thing, that was one of the things mm. the physio told me to do to help with my sort of shoulder and, and pain yeah. and stuff like that. And it works. It really does work. So um, and what, does a, what does a physio do? Because that's something I often wonder, right? You spend all your days mm. helping other people. What do you do for your mobility? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Ah, so if you follow reach.rehab, then you can, I'm just kidding. Um, what do I do? I like to I try to break it up. I now, I used to never do morning mobility, but now I wake up and I do, and it's, again, it's not very long. It's just waking up those muscles. I do about a five to 10 minutes morning mobility. It's mostly just targeted on what's been more sore. Um, so lately mine has been neck and shoulder, uh, with all the sitting, right? So I do a five to 10 minute mobility in the morning and then I do some in between my patients. So let's say I see three people in a row. Okay. Then I have a 20 minute break. Then I'll be moving for about five minutes of that and then charting again. Um, and it's not always like that, but that's on a great day. And then I get home. And I would say that we typically go to the gym. So my 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 choice, I kind of mix it up. But as of right now, I'm liking weightlifting. Um, and then in the evenings when I'm watching Netflix, then I add in a longer mobility. So maybe it will be half an hour. Uh, and again, focusing on the area that's kind of been uh, bothering me. So all in all, I would say... I do about like that hour of the strengthening for weightlifting. I do a half hour of mobility and this isn't every night, but I mean, anytime that I try to, I try to fit it in when it's things that I am stagnant. So if I'm stuck in that posture, uh, like why, why can't I watch my show and make my hips feel great? <laughs> How and, does that actually work? Because I will be sitting on the couch watching Netflix tonight. Netflix, I love you. And, uh, you know, how, how, how could I make my hips feel great while I'm doing that? Maybe I ought to make a post on this because that maybe I think that you would should. Be, yeah, yeah, I love that idea. I would say it, it again starts with developing habits. Um, so I first started doing it when every time this sounds bad, I'm obviously addicted to Netflix, but every time it would go into the next show. So let's say after 30 minutes, I, okay, I would get up. That'd be my my cue for me to go and do five minutes. But now it's become my hips have felt so good doing that that I'm just 
almost the entire show, I'm, I'm doing the hip mobility. Um, so I would, my best recommendation would be to, uh, go on my page, reach.rehab on Instagram, and then you can scroll. And most times I have it titled as mobility. So it could be back mobility. It could be hip mobility. It could be toe mobility, really. And you could choose one of those. And then you could do that, um, on the commercial break or, uh, kind of, as I mentioned, just like every time the show says next, but in my opinion, um, yeah, I would say it's a great time to do it is during tasks that you're already doing where you're sitting. Like another, another example would be, let's say if someone has a lot of meetings, like work meetings where they don't have to be on camera. I mean, if they wanted to, they could be on camera, but (laughs) I don't always recommend that. But so where they're just talking, they could have them on speaker. Um, and then guess what? They could be moving and stretching. And let's say that's an hour meeting done fit into your day. Yeah. And you know, I, I have uh, some members on my team and I won't name names because although they're innovative, they may, uh, they may not like that. So who have a uh, Wi-Fi headset, um, like Bluetooth headset. Ah. And, and that means in exactly that kind of meeting where they're listening rather than delivering, they can stretch. Um, yes. That's made a big difference. And I thought, I don't want that Bluetooth in my head. So I'm just going to go with the corded one. And now ah. I've realized that actually I need to be able to move. Good, um, good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, it's really good advice. Um, can we talk about the happy gun massager? Ah, yes, you can. What would you like to know about it? Well, I actually have one as well, which was oh. uh, recommended by our um, by our uh, osteo. And, uh, and, and I absolutely love it, but most people don't know what it is. So I figured that if someone was going to describe it and, and why they are a, an interesting idea, it's probably you. Yes, absolutely. So it's, um, it's a percussion gun, and a lot of people know the brand Theragun, but the one I have is a happy gun. I love that you have the happy gun as well. Um, obviously, like the name itself is cool, but uh, what it does is it adds, think of small impulses and, and beats to your muscles. So there's different attachments. Um, my favorite one, I don't know about yours, but it's the fork. Um, it's kind of more for like the forearm, the foot, but... Um, what it does is it sends the little kind of beats onto those muscles. Um, and what that does is it actually helps to, uh, give pain relief because it essentially is, um, taking our nervous system. So let's say we see a bear and we call that the fight or flight system. So we're in that, that scared sympathetic mode. Um, our nervous system is ramped up, which can happen with pain as well. Uh, and just those impulses from the percussion gun can help take us into the rest digest mode of our nervous system. So a lot of times people just think, oh, it's just like massaging the muscles, but there's actually a lot more to it behind it, how it um, essentially helps relieve your pain through the nervous system. That's amazing. I, I have to come clean and say that I only use the soft one. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay but uh okay. you know i'm gonna i'm gonna branch out having having heard you say that and we'll we'll put a link to it in the in the show notes and um i wasn't able actually to find the the happy gun um brand but i've got a similar one that i'll, oh, I'll say link if to. you wanted to i was gonna say too bad you didn't uh find out through me because i do have a discount code um on my on my page if you if people are wanting a discount so cool we'll definitely put use... that in the notes yeah, yeah. reach rehab yeah. Perfect. Perfect. But I want to just make one clarification in terms of percussion guns is that um, that shouldn't be the end all be all treatment. 
Um, the percussion gun is, is considered a passive um, based rehab. So for example, you can use it, it will give you pain relief, but it's not going to ne necessarily change the underlying issue. So let's say you're, you were using it on your forearm because of all the mousing you do. And yes, it makes you feel good and it takes your pain down. But the underlying issue of your forearm is that it's become weak because you overuse it. So if we don't pair strengthening with the use of the percussion gun, it, the effects will be very short-lived. So I just really want to reiterate the importance of the balance between uh, doing something for your mobility and then also adding that uh, stability component to it as well. Yeah, that's really good advice. And how did you know I was using it on my arm? <laughs> uh, well, I just, uh, maybe it's bad, but I should have said that I read minds, but that's pushing it. But no, just, just because you work at a desk. So I kind of, uh, yeah, that's where my mind went. I really, I really like the, the sheer um, breadth of things that you can help people with. Does that mm. give you a bit of a buzz? It sounds like it does. Oh, well, I, I mean, that's a very nice compliment. <laughs> But I always uh, have a chat. So my husband is a dentist and and we always have chats uh, like in comparisons of our jobs. And it's so he what he said, he said, it's so interesting that I have to know like basically shoulders up and he's like, and you know, the whole body. So it's just it, I'm not saying physio is better than dentistry. I'm just saying it, it is interesting um, kind of all the different areas that we have to understand and, and be able to help people with. Yeah, that's the whole thing, right? Mm. Yeah. I think awesome. it might be time for your favorite section, Jonathan. What do you reckon? Oh, yes, the <laughs> sharing section. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so this is where we ask you uh, just a few questions to help our audience know a bit more about you. Um, sure thing. So I'm going to fire off a few questions. It's not quick fire, so. <laughs> <laughs> Rapid fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to kick it off with the well one of the one of the biggest questions we have is who do you most look up to in the world? All right. Uh my sister. Um my sister and I have have always been very close even though we fought like cats and dogs when we were younger. But I would definitely say that she is someone that I have consistently always looked up to and uh, she's just one of those people that she just is her true authentic self and she is such a hard worker and she would do anything and give anything to help another person and I just really respect the life that she lives and she's passionate about like so she's a nurse and so about giving back in that way but she has a beautiful family and honestly it's just it's just her as a person. She's always been my head cheerleader. She's was always better at me at everything until finally I found something that I was uh, good at in terms of volleyball. And I'll never forget the day she came up to, oh, I'm going to want to tear up here. Um, Nothing wrong said, with that. This is yeah, awesome. <laughs> thank you. Oh, and she, when she just, I was shocked because again, we were always so competitive and she said, you're better at me. And she's like, good for you. And that's what I want to be for other people is I want to be their biggest cheerleader. I want to motivate other people to be their best self. Oh, lovely. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Lovely, she's amazing. Lovely. Yeah. 
Um, oh, well, I'm getting a bit emotional here as well. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, what book or film has most inspired you recently? Ooh, um, I'm terrible at remembering the author's name, but there was one called uh, uh, Self-Observation. And it's kind of, I'm kind of like analytical like that. Maybe I'm a little bit nerdy, but what I really liked about this book, it really forces you to, well, observe your patterns and observe your thoughts. And um, what I really liked about it is that the more that we can stop just reacting and responding, and the more that we know ourselves and how we react, the better outlook and impact we can have. So for example, kind of what it talks about in the book is that let's say our our reaction is based off previous experiences. So let's say I ate a certain food and it always made me sick. <laughs> I don't know. And let, that's a terrible example. But let's say, or let's say you run into someone and they always aren't very nice to you. So instead of our body will automatically go into that, hey, like that reaction and that emotion but you can observe those patterns and, and instead you know and you're aware of it and you can stop yourself from that fear or that those immediate responses and then you wait and then you can actually um, give a response based not based off of that trigger and you can just uh, give a good thoughtful response. So this can be applied to anything in life, whether it be movement. So as a physical therapist, let's say deadlifting used to hurt me. So my your reaction would be you go in and you're about to deadlift and you feel it run through your body. You're nervous, you're fearful, and you recognize that, okay, in the past, this hurt me. And you give that, your, that awareness to yourself. And then you can remind yourself, okay, no, this is a safe movement and I can, I can do this. And I don't know, I'm just all about mindset, right. And being able to tackle all uh, your fears. So anyway, it's a little bit nerdy book. <laughs> you're in a very safe place to be nerdy right yeah. Jonathan okay. <laughs> yes <laughs> but I, I just really believe how mindset really impacts us um, it's so heavily related to the physical body yeah yeah I agree I think oftentimes you see people that are going through rehab or and they and they sort of completed their course um, like in athletes that sometimes um, I guess like boxers they have to remember that they can still hit as hard as they did previously off the break in a hand, for example. Yes. So I think that's, yeah, it's really, really, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, oh, on to uh, projects and movements. So uh, what projects or movements have you most excited right now? So in terms of what I'm, I'm planning to do with Retreat Hub? Oh, you yeah, can definitely anything. choose yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Yeah. So my, my goal with Reach Rehab is I am interested in making programs um, for people to prevent their injuries or to work on a current one. So this is going to be kind of in the making. I don't have one out yet, but I'm definitely committed to um, like the best way that people could get involved is honestly signing up uh, through my link on my main profile on Instagram. And once you get those emails, I can send kind of additional content that's a little bit more in depth than what's on my page. But then I can also ask what exactly what people want. Um, my goal is I don't want to just design something that I feel is right. I want to make sure that I'm listening to the followers and listening to what people really need. 
So the best way to help kind of get those programs going forward is, yeah, is just either contacting me or signing up your email and then giving me that feedback. This is what I need. I need back pain rehab mobility, or I would want this, a reminder on the app or, or the website or program. So I'm very much in the development stage, but I want to take my time with it because I really want to make sure that it's for the people. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. So the best way would just be giving me that input, um, signing up for that VIP or exclusive email list so that we can get things going. And I've already kind of started, but I can't say an end, end date to when that will be, unfortunately, yet. But it's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you guys are like, wonder what program, and I should sign up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I think once um, you know, once it's all, all ready, we can have you back on and and get into a bit more depth. Oh, that'd be great. Time. Yeah, but my ultimate goal is to give back. Honestly, I just mm. I that's what really is my passion and what fulfills me is being able to use my skills as a physical therapist and, and give back. So, um, yeah, the more that we can help and more we can educate, uh, the better. Perfect. And, uh, and someone doesn't, uh, get into a, onto a plane to, to go and help distribute wheelchairs in Uganda unless they care about people. Right. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hope COVID dies down. Cause I was actually thinking about that the other day, how amazing that would be to, to go back, you know, or get them or get that, uh, that company affiliated through Reach Rehab somehow in a give back oh, yeah. method. It's kind of just where my thought process has been since starting it. But what it takes longer than what I uh, ever imagined. Um, also, having the wedding kind of in the middle of things didn't help. But now I'm I'm full full go mode. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, what, so what tech helps you along the way? Like if you could choose one or two things in your technology that you love, what would they be? Like how for reach rehab? Just in your general life. Yeah. Or it could be in reach rehab. It's up to you. Um, so for example, like certain apps that I use or Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, when I make my videos, I do them using uh InShot. Honestly, I just use my phone to video them. Um, but InShot has been super useful in terms of like editing, cutting. Um, another app would be Canva. That's another good one. Honestly, there's so I could there's so many, um, but those would probably be some of my primary go-tos. Um, but awesome. people know me for my reels. So if you don't know what a reel is, it's kind of a shorter, quicker video on Instagram. Uh, that's both can be fun and educational. So I really try to incorporate that, the fun. You know, I think it's so important that we miss that sometimes is just having fun in, the, in the, our daily tasks. But that's what I would say I use to make my reels. You definitely get that impression. It, it looks like you had a lot of fun making them. Uh, I do. You know what? I really like, <laughs> I, it's so cool. Cause obviously it was, it's hard with COVID happening, but it really did open me up to pursuing what I'm really passionate about. And it's having fun and, and, and connecting with other people and giving back. Awesome. And if you, I think you've already covered this, but it worth, it's worth repeating. What would you like people to take away from this episode and, and listening to you today? The biggest takeaway is to, to move your body and um, to try to do it as, as frequently as possible. Uh, that's the biggest takeaway. And then also finding that balance. So looking at your life, okay, where am I missing that component? Am I just only strengthening or am I only doing mobility? 
um, so that you can prevent injuries. And then the best way that you could connect um, with me is to yeah follow me on Instagram. It's at reach.rehab. And if, yeah, if you want to sign up for that exclusive member's email so that we can figure out exactly what you want, that's my goal is I want to make sure that you stay pain-free and that we can optimize the way that you go about your day-to-day and do the things that you want to do. So that would be my best way that I could, my biggest takeaway from today. That's awesome. Thank you. Jonathan, do you have anything else? No, I think I think that is about it. Um, I want to uh, thank Christy again <laughs> for um, for um, you know appearing on this episode of Problem Busters. Um, you can well, you'd be able to listen to this on all the major streaming platforms, um, and you can follow us at Problem. Uh, busters on again all the all, all major social media and i think i think that's pretty much uh pretty much it to be fair ollie mm-hmm. yeah um, awesome thank you for dialing in all the way from canada and i hope that you do get some snow for all of us in england <laughs> that wish we had snow yep. and just get rain absolutely <laughs> well i will definitely be posting on it when when we get some snow because i'm going to get out and go skiing hopefully awesome Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much to both of you too. You made this a lot of fun, and and I really hope that whoever's listening that this kind of helped impact you uh, in a positive way, and that it can help guide you to getting pain free and injury, pr- and and injury free. Awesome, thank you, awesome. and thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll uh, look forward to the next one. Bye. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao.